You're listening to the Innovation Made Easy podcast with Chiara Covone, episode number 79. Welcome to the Innovation Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Chiara Covone, ex-corporate leader turned executive coach and speaker. I'm here today to unfold insights of leadership wisdom and personal development to inspire you to achieve success both at work and in life. Are you ready to create your own success story? Then let's dive in. Happy 1st of December. I hope you have a little calendar where we open those first um, window in uh, on December, counting down to Christmas. It's such a beautiful tradition. And while we were doing it this morning with my kids, I really had a flashback of memory of myself sitting on the floor with my sister, who is two years older than me, and opening those windows with all the excitement and anticipation. And, and of course, today, the, those calendars are way more sophisticated than what we had when we were kids, which was just a, a drawing or a picture, um, a cartoon um, behind that picture. But still, the emotions and the expectations that we had every morning was incredible only later on we we got exposed to the ones with chocolate in it um and other type of um yeah more exciting maybe um, entertainment and solutions but it's so interesting that we were having such an expectations and um, an anticipation and i could see in the eyes of my kids this morning how excited they were about this first window so i want to talk about boredom today and, and in particular, understanding a bit the science behind what is going on when we get bored and when we allow ourselves to, to feel bored. Now, boredom is a feeling, and it's a feeling, as we know, that comes from thoughts. So if we're thinking some things, then we might feel boredom. And society um, has been very much pushing us to kill boredom with entertainment. So you see people sitting, uh, standing at a, at a traffic light or standing at a, at a bus stop. And very often they either have earplugs on them or they're watching and looking at their phone, scrolling through the phone. So we very often um, immediately want to kill boredom and immediately want to fix it as if it was a problem. And we know, for those of you, you know, if you have also kids, we know how important boredom is for them to actually be creative. I can see you know, when my daughter is, is lying on the floor and, and feeling really bored, and all of a sudden she has that idea and start doing something. So that window of opportunity for her to actually be bored and allow your brain to wander is what we're going to talk about today. So the first thing is that I want to, us to define boredom. And so clearly, boredom is about lack of stimulation. And now I want to differentiate it from apathy, though, because apathy is, is a passive state. When we are bored, we are actually motivated to end that boredom. I think it's so fascinating, right? If you think about, you know, the state of mind might be similar, apathy versus boredom, but in apathy, you kind of accept that and stay in that situation versus if you are claiming you are bored 
you're actually making a statement around, I want to change this. I want to address it. I want to fix it. I want to do something about it. I don't want to be just, you know, sitting here and be bored. And the point is that boredom, but also apathy is lack of stimulation, as we said. And it's really about lacking any type of neurological excitement. And, but it's also somehow a physical and a psychological state of dissatisfaction. So we are sitting in boredom and we're actually feeling unpleasant. This is not something, there is something in our, in our brain that tells us this is not right. This is not how it should be. And boredom is also different from other type of feelings, which are you know, maybe hopelessness and depression. And, and the way I see it is that for me, depression and hopelessness are very much backward looking so you're looking at what happens and you're still suffering from the past versus boredom is more in in a current state my current situation makes me bored and and also there is there is this element of inward versus outward looking so hopelessness and depression are much more inward looking versus boredom is much more around looking at external stimulation I think that's really interesting, the differentiation between those two. Now, there is also a lot of studies around, you know, do, do other type of individuals, certain type of individuals get more bored than others. And, and there is actually, of course, some uh, correlation between a boredom and people that maybe suffer of uh, attention deficit disorder or, you know, have very short attention span, etc. Um, but it's also interesting that there is a correlation with age. Now we know that our prefrontal cortex develops completely around the age of you know, early 20s. So that's really an important part of our brain that um, works in our self-regulation and self-control. So when we get to that age, we tend to be less bored, for instance, than when we are in our teenage age. Um, so I think it's really interesting to see that actually not everyone has the same attitude to boredom. And of course we see that a lot in how people deal with it. And that's what I was thinking also about myself. If I look back 12 months ago and and how I always was looking for way to stimulate my brain to entertain myself. You know, when I was going for runs, I always had um, maybe a book, an audiobook or a podcast in my ears. And now, because I've done all this mindfulness um, practice in this last uh, six months through 12 months, I find myself really not needing that. I go for long runs without any type of entertainment. And for me, this is an amazing achievement because I don't get bored and I actually focus very much on individual senses when I do my runs. Um, But it's really because I've been training so much on my self-command to not allow those thoughts to come in and jeopardize me or hijack me. And instead I let them go and really have that additional self-control. This is really what mindfulness exercise and practice, um, mental fitness practice has done to me. And I find so befreed uh, from not having that need of stimulation. Actually, I'm looking forward to these moments of calm and emptiness in my brain so that somehow my, I can access my right side of the brain and access that contemplative attitude that brings in um, some interesting insights. 
differentiate often between the left side and the right side. Left side is much more hard thinking versus right side is much more contemplative and curiosity, wondering. So definitely there is um, a lot there that my uh, mental fitness training has helped me in addressing boredom. But let's go back to you know the bright side of boredom, right? This is what I'm uh, referring to and mentioning. So when do we experience boredom? And interestingly, in boredom is experienced when somebody perceives himself or herself in a in a situation kind of temporarily confined in an activity that doesn't have lacks the value, lacks the trigger, lacks the the stimulation for one reason or another. So as we know, as I mentioned in the beginning, boredom is a, is a feeling and feelings come from thoughts. So because you're thinking, I'm stuck here, this is dull, I don't like it, we feel boredom. And now that's when we want to pause and be curious. So you have that feeling and you want to think about, okay, what am I thinking? This is what I'm thinking. And then you might decide, well, does this thought really serve me? Or is there something else I can think about? Because the temptation is that instead we go into boredom and we immediately want to kill boredom. We want to do something else. And instead, what I'm, what I'm su suggesting here is that every time we have some emotions that are negative, we want to be curious. We don't, we don't want to repress those feelings. We want to be really curious about what is going on here? What am I thinking? And what are the current situations outside that triggers me to think this way? And can I think something else instead? So that's that amazing opportunity, window of opportunity that we have with ourselves as we grow older to really stop and think and be curious about ourselves and become the observer of our life is an amazing tool that we so often, unfortunately, overlook. So I'm suggesting here that if you're feeling bored, don't immediately rush to take your phone up and, and Google something or face, go on Facebook or whatever other social media you want to uh, access. And instead you want to be curious because that boredom could actually help you develop that self-command, develop that self-awareness of what am I thinking? Does this thought serve me? Do I want to think something else? And do I want to wonder? Do I want to let go of that thought that is out service? And maybe not think about anything else in that moment and leave that space. We know from research that boredom actually inspires creativity. However, that creativity you can only access if you are empowered to take control over your own thoughts. So there is that, that step that we have to take from I'm bored, I acknowledge it, this is what I'm thinking, I'm going to let go of that thought. And so that is really the self-control, the self-command, as I like to call it, to then be able to wonder and access that contemplative way of observing what's around you and find other things that would stimulate you, your creativity and stimulate your thinking. So it's really so interesting that, and this is why I was, I was referring back to my daughter before, 
because I can really see how, you know, often as parents, we, we want to stimulate our kids and give them things and we don't want to cope with their boredom and their <laughs> start, you know, complaining. And that's why we get them new stimuli and instead really pausing there with them and allowing that moment, those few minutes or seconds or minutes to give them the opportunity to experience uh, their own creativity and get on with something else. So I want to go back to addressing the boredom when particular when it comes to specific tasks, because often um, we are you know, in our daily jobs, maybe we have things to do that are not the most exciting and we tend to procrastinate them. So I wanted to give you a few thoughts around how do you cope with those tasks in a way that is actually helpful. So imagine you are um, dealing with a task that really is, um, that you're putting off, that your mind is suggesting to you that is dull, that you don't want to do it. And, and you feel like this is draining my energy. So how do you cope with this? Right. So one idea is you can be there in suffering, which is not very helpful. Or you could be finding, you know, tap into science of how does our brain really work and how can I leverage the power of my brain to actually help me coping with this, um, with this activity, with this task in a way that it is as less draining as possible. So the first thing is so interesting because actually it, it, it turns out that a lot of the things that um, work in this context are a little bit counterintuitive. So the first thing is actually is zoning out, zooming out. So it's, it's about allowing your mind to wander. And so it's really interesting because you're thinking like, I'm trying to focus and you're telling me I should be zooming out and wandering. And in reality is that there's a lot of science out there that suggests that spending time in daydreaming is actually helping you. So wandering actually, when, when we let our mind wander, is not just something that we're doing uh, you know, to get distracted. It actually helps us. It's a bit what I was referring to before, that when you're actually, you're wandering, you stop thinking so hard and you tap into that part of the brain that is, a help, that is creative, that is um, empathetic and compassionate. And therefore, that wandering allows you to actually access that part of the brain for contemplation. And so then you're, not, you're stopping thinking too hard and ideas come to you in a way that it is then helpful to cope with the task at hand. So I really think this is something so interesting um, about you know, expressing and understanding um, the power of our brain. The next one is really interesting. It's about working in a tidy and calm and quiet environment as opposed to a noisy, messy place. And, and I really think that that's kept me thinking because sometimes I am much more effective indeed working in a noisy cafe and uh, maybe more than if it is just very quiet. So and the science behind it is actually really powerful. So what they say is that 
when your brain is occupied, when all your percept perceptual slots are taken up by you know, all the distractions that are happening around you, the brain then basically has to pour all its energy into focusing on the most important task. And so basically you screen out distractions. So basically what it says is that, you know, instead of having a tidy desk or instead of having a quiet space, you're struggling to focus on a task that is done, then go into a noisy place, go into a place where actually there's a lot of stimulation. And I thought the reason why I was something, something more effective in noisy places was that the place around me was inspiring me. And now instead I find out that because I was asking more effort to my brain to concentrate, I was actually more effective. Isn't this powerful? So if you have a dial task, <laughs> you might want to go into, into a Starbucks or another uh, place where there is a lot of stimulation um, to get it done in a more effective way. And by the way, you're also going to be stimulated by colorful things and people around you um, rather than being isolated and feeling even more miserable doing a, a task in a, you know, in a lockdown, a closed room without windows. Think about it. I really think this is a, such a powerful tool we can all apply when doing dull tasks. And finally, this is to me the most obvious, which is really taking breaks. Sometimes when we're stuck on something, when we're feeling it's dull, it's boring, I just go for a walk, I take my dog, get out, and all of a sudden, everything gets much more clearer. I understand what I need to do, I structure my thinking better, and I just do it in half of the time or even a third of the time, even with more excitement. So really taking yourself out, moving your body, um, when you're doing, uh, when you're in front of a dull task and you're feeling like this is boring, this is not moving forward, don't stay there in, in stuckness and in boredom. Acknowledge it, understand it, and really take a walk. So these are my three tips to um, not let boredom, uh, you know, eating eat you up. But also, as I said in the beginning, acknowledge boredom. It's part of our existence. It's a beautiful emotions, emotion that a body is suggesting, is, is telling us something. We want to be listening, we want to be understanding, but also be method methodic about it and finding solutions uh, that work for us. I wish you a wonderful week and until next week, bye. Hey, before I let you go, I wanted to let you know that I have a free masterclass for you to access. It is a comprehensive um, class about why we procrastinate and what we can do to instead achieve massive results. If you're tired of dreaming and wanting and you're ready to take inspired and effective action, then this masterclass is for you. Go to covone.se forward slash goal and get instant access to this free masterclass to help you finally stop procrastinating and allow your dreams and wants to take back the front seat.